0: Welcome to your podcast, Leadership is Tricky, where we'll tackle various topics, challenges, and experiences as it relates to your investment in leadership. So let's design success together. Now your hosts. Hey, everyone. Eric Ocasio here again with Leadership is Tricky. Welcome back, everyone. Um, So today I have uh, Dr. Stephen Carter again. How are you doing this morning?
1: Hey, doing well, Eric. Glad to be here.
0: Yeah, I appreciate it. So uh, Dr. Carter earned his doctorate in business with a focus on strategy innovation. He's a Harvard senior executive fellow, and he holds an executive certificate in public leadership and executive certificate in public policy from Harvard. uh, John F. Kennedy School of Government. He holds an executive certificate of management excellence from the Harvard Business School. And he's an adjunct professor professor at the University of Maryland Global Campus. So welcome, Merry Christmas, um, and uh, welcome everyone else uh, that's, that's coming in for the first time. And for those that are uh, you know, listening again, welcome back. <laughs> so uh, today what we're going to do is we're going to talk about a couple things that are near and dear to our heart um, that has to do with leadership. And um, really what we're going to talk about today is competencies of a leader. You know, what are those things that leaders need to have to be able to inspire and motivate folks um, within their sphere of influence? Um, So, uh, Dr. Carter, um, before we get started, I just want to wish you a Merry Christmas. Uh, You know, how was it for you?
1: Christmas was great. Santa was good. The glue vine was excellent. Okay. No
0: compliance. Yeah, and for folks who don't know what Glühwein is, you know, we are in Germany. Here in Germany, they have a drink called Glühwein that they usually sell at Christmas markets. And it's, uh, it's a wine with, you know, hot wine with some spices and herbs. I personally don't like it because I think uh, it, you know, I would imagine it tastes like elf piss. Um, but <laughs> it's just not something that I like. Uh, there's other things that I do like at the Christmas market because uh, they have like a hot chocolate with rum in it and stuff like that. But. Um, I digress. Um, no, I'm happy that you had a, a, a good holidays with your families. Uh, you know, my daughter, uh, both my daughters, uh, you know, Santa uh, was good to them. And them being half German, you know, they, they celebrated both the 24th and 25th with gifts. And, um, you know, daddy had his tool belt on with uh, batteries and, and screwdrivers. And, uh, you know, I, I got to pay my dues by putting together a, a Barbie dream house this, uh, this Christmas. And. I will tell you it was a lot, uh, it was a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. Um, yeah. And then my wife, she took the, uh, she took some Lego kit, uh, where the pieces were, you know, yay big and, uh, took her about five hours to put together the one, <laughs> one set for my daughter. So, um, you know, my heart goes out to her, but, uh, no. Um, so yeah, let's, let's, let's jump into the topic today. Um, so, so Dr. Carter, you know, you and I, we kind of, uh, picked this topic at the last minute, but, uh, yeah, you know, what are your thoughts on 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 uh competencies that that leaders must have in order to you know, to move an organization or 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 move a a small group or faction forward?
1: Uh Eric, I'm I'm really glad you brought this up um because this is the preface for a future article that I'm currently drafting. Uh the key competency that a leader must have is empathy because uh at the end of every task or at the end of every mission uh there are people and you cannot divorce the two components any more than you can divorce the tires from your car um it's necessary so when we talk about empathy uh, what i'm really saying is don't forget the human element uh because oftentimes when we frame a problem uh we frame it in the context of the task when we should reframe the problem by using authority to solve core problems vice enforcement so what i'm saying is treat the symptoms you know or, or rather treat the cause versus the symptoms and what we as leaders have to realize is we create the environment so the cause of the problem may be us in every great relationship there are two sides well actually there are three sides what they think what we think and what really happened. and we have to observe and recognize our role in what happened so that's where the empathy uh really plays a major role and the next thing the next attribute that we have to do that uh, just my observation. Uh, we have to set a goal. What is it we're even trying to achieve? Because remember, if you don't have a goal, uh, it, any road will take you there. We have to have a goal. What is it we want for our organization? What do we want for the mem- for the members of our team? What do we even want for ourselves? These two things specifically can drastically change an environment. And please let me add this, Eric, if I may. Uh, I just attended a holiday reunion. It was a, it was a, it was a Harvard reunion uh, of senior executives. Uh, we had senior executives dating back to uh, from the class of two thousand. So, uh, from the various agencies: Department of Homeland Security, Department of Agriculture, Department of Education, uh, Health and Human Services, Housing and Urban Development. Uh, All these different uh, agencies, what we discovered is that although we belong to various federal agencies, we all have the same challenges. So what I'm saying is common, uh, not common to our local, um, to our localities, but it is common across the broad spectrum of federal agencies.
0: Right. You know, I would even take it beyond that. Right. You know, in the public sector, folks are dealing with the same issues. Right. Because people are people. Right. People are going to come and bring, you know, their personal problems into the workplace. Uh, They're going to take the uh, workplace issues back home. Um, They're going to dwell on those things, you know, uh, especially in the the current environment we're in now. Um, You know, there's anxiety, there's fear, there's there's all kinds of things that they bring into the workplace. And I think to your first point, um, that first competency. And we did a survey during season one where we asked um, folks, you know, what is the number one competency they feel they need as a leader and ninety nine? I would say ninety nine point nine nine percent of the folks said empathy. Um, and, and and I agree. We have to be able to see ourselves in those under our care. If not, we're going to be lost. Right. We can't continue to treat people like a numbers on a spreadsheet because um, most folks will say that, you um, humans, the people, the employees are a number one asset within an organization. um, But don't treat them that way. Um, So, yeah, I I, I fully agree with you that empathy is is extremely um, necessary. Um, And the other piece, you know, is is being kind of goal driven and building that roadmap and blueprint for your organization on where you want to go. But I also think, you know, you need that for yourself. Like, what is my blueprint as a leader? and how do I want to build on that? Um, so what are those competencies that I need as a leader, um, to, to be effective? And, um, there was a book that I had, um, I forget the gentleman's first name, but his last name is corn. And it was a book called four year improvement. And within that book, it allowed you, um, as a leader to do a self-assessment, you know, not, you know, not like a three hundred and sixty type thing, but you know, it's your own self-assessment. So one, you need self-awareness, um, you need self-awareness to be able to answer the questions uh, uh, truthfully. Um, and then you, you also had to be able to understand that what a strength, what a developmental area, and what an overdone, overdone strength was. So, for example, um, I truly believe that every leader should have some strategic agility. What does that mean? Right. It's a, it's a fancy word for not being tactical, not worrying about the task but looking above um, your organization to see where do we want to go? What's on the horizon? You know, think strategically, um, you know, think three, four steps ahead of what's happening in the right now. You have people to do the right now, but you have to have that strategic uh, strategic agility um, to move forward. But in that book, um, and, and I'm going to pitch this book, because 4 Your Improvement is a really good book. Um, I would go to strategic agility as a competency, and I would just answer the questions, are you this way? um, and you go down about 15 or so questions and then, um, you turn the page and it'll tell you exactly where you are. Is it a strength overdone strength or is it a developmental area? It doesn't say weakness. It's a developmental area. Uh, cause it could be that you have uh, a mixture of the three. Um, and that's a, a, a good competency that you do have, but sometimes you're so far removed from the tactical, um, that, you know, you might need a good, good, nice blend of that. But, um, no, so just going back to 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 what you were saying though is, um, empathy, and having that road map or those goals for for yourself and the organization are key. And then I would throw in strategic agility. And one of the things that I've been struggling with, uh, I would probably say, about the last six months or so, um, and you and I have had conversations or on our mentorship sessions, is is leaders having integrity, um, and it's not just um, Telling half truths or not telling truths at all—it's also carrying through on your responsibilities um, as a as a leader for your people. Um, yeah. So, what are you what are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, I think that is a great point, point. Um, and part of my uh, challenge uh, with that is um, it, it comes from a deep seated. Uh, leadership, uh, antiquated paradigm uh, where we focus on tasks, but you have to remember that uh, you work with people, not with numbers and metrics. So integrity is going to play an integral role because um, I equate it to something that uh, someone very near and dear said to me. They said to me, do you see this plate? This plate is in pristine fashion. It is great. It can be used time and time again to feed our family. But now what happens when I break this plate? I can put it back together. I can use super glue. I can use the finest glues to put it back together. But it will never be the same. So that's what integrity is. Integrity is that pristine plate that feeds the family, that feeds your organization time and time again. But when that integrity is broken, that is something that is not easily repaired. And even if you think it's repaired, they have not forgotten. Right. Because what we have to remember overall is the collective mind of your team is bigger than your own. We need them, in some cases, more than they need us.
0: Now, that's a great point, because I always tell folks that most leaders have a shelf life. Um, you know, you go into an organization and back to what you were saying, right? Um, you find those that are, are moving in the same direction or have the same interests as you. So you build your goals of an organization and you start to look across the organization for those that um, w- want to do well. Right. And you'll have maybe, you know, 10 percent of the organization that will jump onto whatever you say. Um, You know, then you'll have another 10 percent of the organization that um, are, you know, just resistors. They don't care what you say. Well, I'm not getting on board. So you use all of your skills, your competencies, right, your negotiation uh, uh, techniques and all of that. Right. To bring that other 80 percent forward with you. And you typically inspire and motivate them through, you know, building that trust. I'm um, showing them that, hey, we can deliver, that we're all going in the same direction, that I do care about you, that I am empathetic for your uh, your plight. Right. That I, I'm all all in with you. And then uh, my dad used to tell me all the time is like, son, you can say sorry all of the time. But every time you say sorry, it's like putting a nail, uh, pulling a nail that's already been put into a uh, fence that over time. Right. Um, those holes will always remain no matter what how many times you say sorry. Um, so, so he always, you know, told me that, you know, stay true to your word because that's really all you got. Um, and that plays into not only your reputation, but, you know, how people perceive you. Will this guy deliver or will this person deliver for me and care for me and, and protect me um, as as we move forward? And one of the things that I've seen lately is that folks are not willing to live up to their um, their true north. And, and I used to think that it was. Um, it was that they, they lacked core values. It wasn't that it was just, our values weren't aligned. Um, and, and then folks just they're, they're willing to compromise themselves for them to get ahead on the backs of their employees rather than, um, doing what they say they were going to do. And that's been very disappointing over the last, uh, I would say several, um, months for me, um in, in talking to other folks, not just employees, but also mentees in other organizations, that it seems that um the feedback that I'm getting is that they're the the folks in authority or management positions, I wouldn't say leaders, um, they they fail to deliver um on on many scales. And you know, not just the micro, macro uh level, but you know, just, just at any level where the integrity has been, um, and the trust has been broken. Um, yeah. So, you know, I just wanted to share that with you, um, as well, because I know you, you made some good points there. Um, and and, and what else do you think, uh, um, what else would you like to share regarding some competencies that, uh, that leaders, um, or, or any nuggets that you'd like to, to provide to the audience today?
1: one of the biggest ones uh, eric um, outside of empathy is communication communication uh but here's the thing uh, a manager or a leader uh, which i'm primarily speaking to leaders but i want managers to listen to communicate even when it's hard even when you have to deliver bad news you know when there's trouble in paradise or or, or you need to let someone know they're not performing to the standard. You have to communicate. The worst thing you can do as a manager or a leader is assume or allow assumptions to exist, especially when you have the power to neutralize those assumptions. Not because I, I look at employees like this, and, and please let me share this with you, um, because really... When we talk about employees, let's define employees. We need to first define employees. There are three basic categories, types, or groups of employees. Number one, you have the employee that is very professional, that is focused on their career, that is focused on career progression. They may do it with you or within your organization, or they may do it with a number of organizations, but they are progressing in this career you have two you have those employees that are working for money they need it um you know mom or dad or grandma or grandpa lives in the house um um you know my my, my spouse whether it be male or female uh is at home caring for the kids caring for them i'm the primary breadwinner i just need to bring income into the house my focus is having money to provide shelter and, 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 and which includes benefits and those type of things. And then you have your third employee, your third employee that's working just to be working. They may be retired. They may be in their twilight years. Um, they may just want something to do during the day that keeps them active and keeps their mind going. Now the challenge with that third group is since they're neither focused on career progression or, or or the level of maintaining a high level of professionalism, they're not even working for money. The people that work below them will be victims. They could possibly be victims of a lack of progression because in order for employees to be able to progress, the management has to have that mindset of progression and talk to their employees about progression. So this plays back into communication this plays back into empathizing because I may be as an old guy, I'm a 50-year-old guy, and I may have a 30-year-old worker and they're hungry. They want to move up the federal, federal ladder. But if I'm a retired manager and I'm just sitting in the position, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just working just to pass the time, it's gonna be really hard to help that 30 year old progress if I don't empathize with him and understand that I was once him. And I want to, he needs to go through the civilian education system. Uh, he needs to do some perhaps some executive education. He perhaps needs to attend some um some conferences uh to expand his networks. Um that is key. That is very key. That's what we do as leaders and as managers, which uh is aligned with those uh key attributes.
0: Yeah, so I, I think I would uh I would agree that. You have those buckets of people. I would also probably throw in another one, right? You have those developmental employees um, that are just starting out, right? So they're right out of college. Um, you know, they, they, they join the organization, whether it's, you know, federal or even public, right? You have those, those interns that are trying to figure out exactly where they want to go, who they want to be. Um, and they're really more of a technical field, right? They're those technical, that technical leadership. Those are those subject matter experts you go to to fix something, whether they're a a coder or a mechanic or whatever the case may be, a problem comes up, you go to them, they solve it, you move on. Right. But uh, the, the other ones that you're, you're talking about in those other three categories, though, those are the ones that you really, what you need from them is adaptive leadership. Um, you need them to be able to see new problems, new challenges, Um, And then draw on their experiences to help push an organization forward. Um, But through that, um, what I would call on every one of those leaders is to make sure that you're putting um, the organization and those around you in a constant state of learning to include yourself. Um, Because that's the only way we're going to grow together um, as a cohort of 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 the of the workforce. Right. Not so much of an organization, the workforce as a whole moving the world forward. Um, in, in whatever field you, that you're in. And, you know, I always talk about the adaptive leadership in, in a lot of our um, episodes because I really believe in that. You know, Ron Heifetz talks about leadership on the edge. And, uh, you know, he talks about how do you use your, your power wheel or, or those within your sphere of influence to help move a certain situation forward. And you do that through inspiration and motivation and, use, and using those competencies as a whole. Um, to, to to move an organization or a movement um, you know forward in the world and knowing that as a leader you have a shelf life and I think that's what you were alluding to as well with that 50 year old right or that 60 year old that's been rewarded for the longevity of the career and what they provided to the organization or or um, or situation that they're in and you know those behind them are looking up to see man, there's a cap on my, um, on my development, because this person has met the cap on their effectiveness. And, you know, I'm all for, you know, having, you know, gray beards and, and, and folks like that within organizations to draw from experience. However, once they stop being effective, and I think that's where um, they're more of a hindrance than they are a, uh, um, an asset to an organization. And hopefully I said that right. And if I didn't, folks, go ahead and send me a note and, and tell me that I didn't say that right. But um, I think what I'm trying to get at is that I believe, yeah, I think that you can put people in buckets um, and I see that every day. Um, but I also see folks in different archetypes, right? Um, because you have those that, you know, are shooting stars, right? That's your, you know, your top 1% within an organization that will take on and everything and anything. You know, then you have some others that are, you know sunsetters right that um they're they're within the organization but they're there so you can draw off their wisdom right cuz um you, you need that that knowledge transfer that knowledge uh, retention uh resource and um and, and, and I forget all the other archetypes but I, what what I will do is I, I will look that up uh, cuz it my mind's drawing a blank right now but and and post that with the episode on the different archetypes and what they mean um, because it goes back to kind of what I was talking about with integrity, you have some of those that, um, you know, they get through life by, um, you know, kind of cheating the, the the system, right? You know, they, they, um, they, they, they want the responsibility, um, or they want the authority, but they don't want the responsibility that comes with that authority. Um, or, you know, they, they they want the 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 number of employees underneath them but they don't do everything and anything to to ensure that they build the relationships with their workforce and the people to understand who they are to be able to provide that empathy that everyone needs uh to be able to lead but um yeah no I, I, thank you for bringing that up i just um I, I just wanted to add you know a little bit of that you know based on um you know my experience and thoughts on on those three different types of folks. But yeah, I, I didn't mean to cut you off there. It's just, uh, you know, my mind started going. So <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah. So what else you got? Mr. Carter, Dr. Carter, I'm sorry. Yes.
1: Um, the last attribute I want to leave you with. Um, and I know I always say this. I always say, if you don't remember anything else that I said, remember this, but I'm, I won't say that this time, but I will foot stomp this. The last thing that we need as leaders and as managers is problem solving skills. And let me uh, qualify that statement. Uh, we don't have, uh, as managers and as leaders, we don't have a monopoly uh, on great ideas or even the right way to do something or the best way to do something. So we have to be open to options. Uh, secondly, uh, we have to trust our team. Uh, that's what we hired them for, right? Mm -hmm. We hired them because they are the best of the best, because I don't believe in nepotism, I don't believe in cronyism, uh, or any of those other isms, favoritism. Uh, You're hired because you are the best at what you do. So we must trust our team. And in doing so, we must avoid consensus. We must avoid consensus without critical reasoning or evaluation of consequences or alternatives. So we must always look at consequences and alternatives for our actions, especially us as managers and leaders, and even those who work for us. Uh, We must, as managers and leaders, foster ecosystems that blend critical and creative thinking and not cookie cutter solutions. Uh, I, I, I penned an article several months ago about critical and creative thinking and the and its effectiveness and creating an ecosystem where this can uh, survive, where it can permeate and create efficiencies within the organization and create high-powered working teams.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's... Um... And I'm not sure if I was talking to you about it. But I was talking to somebody about it the other day about uh, maturity models. Um, and we we're talking about, you know, when it comes to software, you know, they got the CMMI maturity model on an organization on being able to, you know, manage and and, and manage change systematically within an organization with all the documentation, etc. Right. There's, there's also Gartner studies out there that, you know, you can do a self-assessment on where you're at with people, technology, process, and even culture within an organization. I think level zero is chaos. And then you work one, two, three, four, four being, you know, pristine organization. But um, I, I, it's very rare that you have all four and all four of those those uh, that, that criteria of technology, people, process, and culture. Um, but to, to your point, though, is within an organization building repeatable things um, and having a a pipeline of of innovation and change management and uh, leadership development and right. And you can go on forever and ever. Um, But I say all that because, you know, when you do your assessment of your organization, I feel like everyone always goes for let's get to a level four. It's never going to happen. Right. Um, But if you can just start at the at the most basic level and those are the things that you're talking about is just start at the basic level of how do we show empathy? How do we bring our workforce into the problem solving process and leverage their expertise? How do we go out and find the most unlikely character within an organization? Um, And and allow them to teach us. Right. And get away from this authority, um, which is, you know, someone in a a, a, a leadership or a position of authority within an organization. um, Typically, that sits on top of an organization. Um, Instead of looking for them to solve all of our problems, we need to start looking for the leaders within our organization because leadership is an activity and. There's plenty of people within an organization that are exercising leadership on a daily basis that are, you know, you know, those pockets of excellence where they're taking maybe, you know, small teams or small groups within an organization and they're exercising leadership to push the organization forward. Right. Those are the people that we need to seek out to help us with those things that we're talking about, that people, that process, that technology and that culture. Um, And those are the ones that I like to seek out personally. Um, you know, that have been exercising leadership long long before I even thought or even knew or could define leadership and say, hey, help me become the best leader that I can. So that way, when I get to my unit, my division, my directorate, my staff element, my, uh, you know, wing of the organization, once I get to the ivory tower, whatever the case may be, is I can then have all of the competencies required right? To increase the status quo, affect change, right? I can use the shelf life that I have as a leader within that organization or element, whatever you want to say, and then push the organization as far as I can before I have to exit onto the next problem set. And and, and to your point, um, problem solving and complex problem solving, um, Is truly a a component that you need as a leader because no situation, no problem is the same and we need more tools in, in in our pocket than, than, than our pocket will allow at this, you know, most times. So, um, yeah. So, so Dr. Carter, I'll I'll go back to you. I know I I was, you know, ranting and raving, but, um, you know, I I, I knew this topic today, we weren't really going to be able to pack into just 30 minutes, but, um, yeah, we just wanted to give folks a little bit of, you know, what are some things and tools and things that they can, you know, think about as they're, you know, they continue on with their journey and leadership.
1: Uh, what I would like to add, Eric, is, is and I know many people, I'm going to use a term that many people have not heard of before, but it is highly necessary. Uh, I would recommend every organization undergo a culture audit. And I know there are people in your audience who may have heard of a culture audit, and but I know there are many that have not. So let me just, and I'm really big on defining terms. Uh, a culture audit is basically, uh, we'll call it a study or an examination, uh, which looks at uh, the assumptions, norms, philosophies, and values within an organization to determine whether they hinder or the support the organization's mission or vision because sometimes there can be a culture within an organization that keeps it from, uh, from truly actualizing. Uh, and this becomes the challenge because it, when that is the problem, it doesn't matter who you get in the organization or what level of leadership or management they're at or how well they perform, the organizational culture will completely suppress anything that they bring to the fight. So. Uh, I look at it like this because uh, as an investor, you know, I I quote Einstein a lot because um, Einstein talked about this thing called compound interest. And he said, compound interest is the eighth wonder of the world. And he said that uh, for those who know about compound interest, they will be paid. And those who don't know about it will pay it. Hmm. Well, that also applies to leadership and management. For those who improve their leadership, abilities, skills, characteristics, and attributes will absolutely benefit from it. And those that work for them, for those leaders and managers that don't, the organization will pay for it and the employees will pay for it.
0: No, those, those are great points, man. And, um, yeah, I can't even follow that up with anything to be honest. Um, I think kind of wraps up everything that we've been talking about. Right. Um, You know, so, so with that, um, there's a couple things that I do need to um, pull together and I will make sure I do that, you know, as we, as we close this episode. Um, So those archetypes, I'll make sure I get those out there to everyone when I do post this uh, post this episode. Um, Also uh, here in the future, folks, uh, we'll have uh, some, some leadership is tricky shorts, um, which will be half the time. And, uh, you know, Dr. Carter is uh, leading the way with our first one. Uh, so I'll make sure I get that posted here in the next couple of weeks as, as an episode on one of the, one of our slow weeks. Um, we'll have, uh, Mr. Alec, uh, Stephen Alec, our co-host and co-creator of the leadership is tricky podcast. will uh, uh, be joining us shortly as well to kind of talk about, uh, um, his year in review. Cause we, we started, our, I think our second or third episode with him talking about his leadership challenge. And, uh, as uh, Dr. Carter alluded to is that, um, we have had, um, kind of an, a, a, a moment of clarity when we understand, um, during a lot of our executive, uh, leadership, um, uh, fellowships, um, and, and, and talking to fellow leaders, um, that we all have the same leadership challenges. Um, and, and none of us are alone. So, um, what I'd also, uh, I'd like to, 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 to hit on t- today is, um, we are making a transition over the video, um, making a transition over the video and we'll try to, uh, to, to record a lot of these sessions. Um, we know that we are having some challenges, you know, with, uh, with, with the internet and, and things like that and automation challenges, but we, we, we will overcome those and uh, we'll get better over time. Uh, one thing I would like to highlight, though, um, on medium.com, um, Dr. Carter has uh, published several articles uh, regarding the topics and, and, and techniques and competencies that we're talking about, um, and one that he hit on today, which is being creative and, and um, creating a path of personal success through critical thinking. Um, so on medium.com, we'll make sure that we post, uh, the, the link, uh, to his, uh, article, um, just to, to validate some of the things that he said, uh, here today. Um, and, uh, so that way you guys know that he, he's publishing a lot of good stuff. So we'll make sure we highlight that as we uh, post this episode. Um, so, um, for, uh, before I get into the closed remarks and like I like to do with our guests, uh, Dr. Carter, is there anything that you want to leave the, uh, the audience with any final thoughts or, or, or thoughts?
1: Um, once again, and I know I've said it before in another podcast, uh, because I spent uh, many years in the special operations community and uh, the soft community has um, what they call soft truths, things that they know to be true. And number one is humans are more important than hardware. And I think that is something that can be broadly applied. Uh, The people in our ranks, if you're military, the people in our cubicles, if you work in a cubicle farm, the people in the workforce, if you're a senior leader or manager, are the most important asset that we have. We must um, treasure our assets because if we don't, we will see high levels of attrition when our goal is high levels of retention. And thank you.
0: Oh, no, thank you. And that's, that's really a good point. Uh, um, I I read a study once where they said that they want about 26.2% of uh, turnover in your organization. And if your organization has more than that, um, you know that you need to um, do a self-assessment of of the culture as uh, Dr. Carter alluded to. So um hey so for folks that are tuning in for the first time uh uh hey real real, i'm sorry real quick uh go ahead dr carter
1: uh i'm sorry eric one last thing remember this if you're a manager or a leader people don't quit jobs they quit bosses thank you
0: right unless you're unless you're me they don't quit (laughs) they like to they like to hang around no uh i kid so um Hey, folks. Uh, yeah. So for, if your first time leadership is tricky. Uh, so we're on all major podcasts. Um, how you found us today and uh, continue to find us in the future. Um, you can also find us at uh, leadershipistricky.com. You can find us on LinkedIn. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, etc., etc. et, cetera, et cetera. Um, So if you have any thoughts, comments, please email me at E-R-I-C-K at Leadership is tricky.com. I know it's long or you can uh, hit the contact us uh, form on the website and that goes directly to me. And I will make sure I answer within 24 to 48 hours. So with that, uh, we'll close this episode. Dr. Carter, thank you for your time again. I know you're on the road. Uh, I know you've got your mobile set up, but I do appreciate you, uh, you know, spending more time with us and uh, not charging me for the consultation fees. (laughs) All right. All right, folks. uh, This is Eric and we're signing off.